0: Today I'll be discussing flexible seating. It's more than just moving the chairs around. I'll be discussing the concept with a few educators who've tried this in their classroom. We'll be finding out how they started, what they noticed, and overall their general feeling about the whole process. I'm happy to welcome to uh, the podcast today via Anchor uh, Link website, so this is a, a new thing for me. Um, we're talking about flexible seating, and I'm just going to jump in. So Jeff, I'll get you to just give us a little bit of your uh, background, where you're teaching and what grade.
1: Sure. Uh, so I teach grade five at BLT Senior Elementary, which is in Timberley okay. in the Halifax region. Oh,
0: great. And I'm going to go ahead and go back to figure out what was your own experience as a student considering you know your classroom seating arrangements growing up?
1: Yeah, I think it looked a lot like how it did when I started teaching. So there was a lot of uh, moving around like kind of once a month or so, going between rows or in clusters. I have some memories of being in grade five and us definitely sitting in, uh, in those groups of four. Uh, never more than that. And always the teacher decided where we would be sitting too. So it's like we never got any choice of where we were sitting. I also, and, and reflecting back and remember some times where some students... Would ask to be moved, and uh, those were. I do have memories of that being respected. Like teachers would would kind of you know be okay with that and make some adjustments as needed for individuals. But how about you?
0: Uh, oh, regimented rows all the way up, except for one experience in grade two or three when we went into um like as you say the pods of four mm-hmm. and that is um a lived memory because it was so foreign and and i i absolutely loved it i hated the rose yeah <laughs> um so moving on what was uh how do you remember hearing about the concept of flexible seating i'm sure you were doing it in some aspects but as a concept where can you can you go back to that one
1: yeah, I think it was probably three or four years ago. I saw on Twitter, there was a, a hashtag that started and I, I forget how exactly, but basically it was something like hashtag Starbucks, your classroom. Uh, Cause there was a blog post that came out and somebody was making an observation about how people sit and make choices about where they're going to sit when they walk into a place like Starbucks that has multiple places. Like there's those wooden tables, there's the like with wooden chairs or you could sit in the nice comfy couches so there's those options and flexibility and kind of how you know somebody walks in they get their coffee they scan the restaurant and try and make that decision about the type of seating they want to go to and uh, that was the idea for their classroom as well giving kids that option that flexibility about the type of activity they're going to do and what kind of seat kind of matches
0: it literally reading my mind that's uh, the Kayla Delzer um, article Mm -hmm. the flexible seating as that she walked into starbucks and saw that everybody is working productively and finding their own space um i have to say that that's when i formally found out about it but you know just for the purposes of this podcast trying to think back i think i've been doing it in some form like always moving desks and tables whenever i was able to but about 10 years ago i believe it was a, a yoga ball for one student and then how the other students reacted So positively that it went around the room and they um, policed that or honored that system where the next person would get it the next day. So once I saw that, I knew it was well worth it. But what are some of the influences or changes or impact on student learning that you've seen as a result of flexible seating? Um,
1: Influence me to try it. Is that what you said? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, I think I just took it kind of like as one of those things that I could kind of model risk taking. Like it was something that I heard about and that I thought sounded cool and that uh, that I wanted to do. So I described it to the kids and I showed them some pictures online and some things that they could try, that we could try in our classroom. And uh, it didn't, it wasn't full buy-in. Like it, it was like, I was like taking a safety net away <laughs> for some of the kids. So we did offer it as a choice. Like uh, we said, like, if you are interested in doing this, you try and sit in some of these different areas of the class as you see fit. And if you want to keep your desk, you can do that too. Uh, so about half the class kind of jumped on board and, and moved in with it uh, and half didn't. But within a week, like, you know, they, they were asking, can I move? And I was like, oh, do you want to join us for flexible seating? And they would kind of think about it. and like, oh, okay, fine. I was like, empty that desk. And they would put their stuff. I had some uh, a little shelf made out of milk crates. And they had to move their things out of their desk and move it in, and then that just kind of made our flexible area a little bit more of the classroom because the more kids that didn't need their their set space, the more flexible spaces we had. So kind of within a week or so, it was uh, we were we were all in.
0: There's a couple of a few good points there about you know student choice. You know we want to sometimes go all in on things, but realizing that students have to you know, kind of comes the idea. We realize that we're changing something that they've always known. And then mm-hmm. we come to wonder, is it something they've been schooled in? They've been indoctrinated in. This is the way school is. So then when there's a change, you know, how do they feel about that? And then the storage question always comes up. Where do you put their stuff? So bins yeah. and coats or milk crates, as you say. But even better, more importantly, was that you created more flexible space for the students. You know, we live on the floor or, you know, Mm -hmm. on ledges or things. And it's just, it gives students more opportunities to own the space and to to really be in their learning as opposed to, you know, inbox, outbox. I've got my name on this, I pass this in and then everybody flies out. They're really more invested in their their learning. Do you find though that um, teachers, there's a couple of us that, you know, jump in two feet right away, early adopters and figure this out. And then some are a little more, uh cautious about things or maybe want to control things is it something that whatever the concept is in this case flexible seating that you have to kind of understand it or be part of it or trust the process that that people will come to it if you're tentative do you think the results are going to be tentative because you're nervous about it therefore they'll be nervous around the situation
1: yeah i I think that is true i think like for like i was saying to uh to model that risk-taking like this is something new that i want to try and i'm hoping you guys will are, are on board with me uh, but then to not just make it a oh this is how it is this is the new normal but to to have those constant conversations and to talk about what's working and what isn't working and and to move things around and change things as needed i think is really important because thinking as well when i first started i didn't have all the options that i have now like it was literally like we just clustered desks differently around the room or, and i brought in some floor mats. Mm-hmm. There, there, and like upside down milk crates, like there really wasn't much in terms of like when you look on Pinterest, flexible seating. It wasn't it wasn't like that at all when I first started that it's like it slowly changed and built over time.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, and I think that's kind of gone with opportunities and with the needs of my students as well.
0: Absolutely. Piece by piece. It starts with something small and manageable that you have around. And then as the materials build and change, I think, too, so does the student attitude. But you really hit the the nail on the head there with it's the teacher attitude feeling. You don't have to, you know, be well versed in it, just that you wanna try. You're gonna give this a world, see how it goes. And then how one group responds to it is gonna be different than how another group respond responds to it. So it's honoring who the students are in the room at the time and what their needs are. So you can't say this is gonna be like this forever because that's that flies in the face of being flexible. Yeah. 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 Well, I think this is a great start to flexible uh, seating. Uh, I I think I've been thinking about this since you posted a few things uh, about flexible seating and a lot of people have been responding to it. I was uh, Mm -hmm. uh, thinking about either doing a blog or um, uh, a podcast, This is what it turned out to be. Uh, But it also led me to the word mentor and mentoring. And I think this is, kind of the missing piece, so we jump on board we see these things on Twitter we're connected with different teachers all over all over the country and, and a wider far field. And we try these things we see the benefits of it, but I think there needs to be another branch that's kind of helping out a little bit we can't be just doing this on ourselves so there's a bit of a lag in the process, I think. Yeah,
1: I I agree. I think for me, like to be on Twitter and to be connected with people like you, um, it's it really is that that push, that step in the right direction, that somebody to bounce ideas off of. Whether the person is the person in the classroom next door or it's somebody online, mm-hmm. I, I do think that this is a job that we are we are definitely uh, better at when we work on it together. So not just to have to have these conversations with the kids about what makes it work for us, but to also be connected and talking to other educators about it. Uh, at different at, at different levels, like people that are also trying it, they're at the same place as you, but other also people like you know like like you or that uh, that I know is uh, well versed in this stuff and has been trying it for a long time. Like to be able to bounce ideas off of you is really uh, beneficial to me as well.
0: Mm-hmm. But you know, until you know, so many more try it, and then you see new weeks of people trying it and asking questions and being in the same place that we were at one time and folding different ideas in. There needs to be, I think, maybe a, a, another. You know, layer of leadership involved with this. you know uh, hmm. reaching out is one thing, but this is one thing that could be studied or I mean, there's been some um, videos put out of different classrooms, which is great. so it has that the visual piece. teachers can see it. they can be involved with it and try it when they need be. But it, again, it's the the reaching out is part of it, but then um, it has to go to more of official. I think is, it's where it's going from but that's the flexible piece is that it keeps evolving and changing <laughs> that's
1: it exactly
0: well thanks for taking part of your break to uh be, be part of this podcast and, and you know that we'll get the other um other teachers in our happy gang to be part of this and we'll uh, we'll add all their voices together so listen have, have a good day thanks for your part of this and uh, we'll see you at the next pd adventure <laughs> thanks laura thanks bye now. Oh, we're going. I'm here with the Mike Washburn at Impact 2020 at CCRC, and we just finished a session with the dashes doing dash soccer. What do you notice is students' reaction when they start playing dash soccer?
2: Kids love dash soccer,
0: don't they? Absolutely. They lose their minds. Absolutely. Which um, is the best? What do you find? Uh, the, what do you find in students that helps them persevere? Thank you for you Thank you. And I've got one for you too. Awesome. Awesome. Thank Happy you. to be Thank here. You. Okay, well, we'll take them again. Um, what do you feel is this the student's biggest um, reward playing dash soccer?
2: Other than scoring a goal,
0: eventually when they eventually
2: <laughs> <score>. <laughs> His, um, Listen, it's funny because they they some of them in particular don't even know how to control it at all and you know you force them to to learn it instead of going and picking up the robot and bringing it back you're like no 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 no, go like drive it that's what you're learning how to do and you know I think I think a lot of it in the context of adults and how adults you know tend to want to be kind of handed the information Mm -hmm. especially in professional development contexts but kids want that too and you know we gotta we gotta force both to um, stretch themselves and figure things out on their own almost and then you find that you know if you you pull the you pull the the guardrail away and you just let them you know go and try to figure it out they tend to they tend to be successful most of the time and when you see them you know come through on the other side of that, that's the that's the fun part of it
0: absolutely the challenge is how people grow and when they want to go back to old old habits they have to be kind of pulled back to say no try it this way and see yeah. what they can do yeah so perseverance is definitely one that i saw this yeah yeah, yeah and totally this was, this was young as students five years old six years old up to ten years old
2: yeah they all figure it out
0: they do and, and even uh, presenters figuring out learning how to go forwards and backwards got it down pat today tell okay. me this you've traveled around a lot a lot uh-huh. of provinces a lot of states yeah uh, do you see any commonalities between teachers and students and things that they're looking for, things they struggle with, things that they're embracing? Is it common or is there certain regional things?
2: It's it's pretty common. Um, it's pretty common to find that, that there's a – it's unfortunate that there's a huge amount of teachers that are afraid of just – opening up the damn boxes Absolutely. and trying something new Push the buttons, and that the drives button. me nuts to be honest because I'll have teachers tell me all the time you know I didn't know what to do so I didn't I didn't do anything with it and I'm like did you even open the box and try because it's clear that because it. it's clear that they they don't and yeah. that's that's incredibly frustrating because I think especially with to be honest with something like dash mm-hmm. it's pretty intuitive yep. like if your kids can get it you can't tell me that you couldn't.
0: So it's still the age-old power control issue in fear.
2: It's in fear. To be honest, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of done with it yeah. a little bit. Like, uh, I don't want to hear from you that you, you know, that you couldn't figure something out and then learn later that you didn't even try.
0: Right. There's so many tutorials. There's there's pictures. There's images.
2: So much of this stuff is, to be honest, not particularly hard to learn. Um, so just, and just I realize have... that everything takes... Like, I, have a, I was a teacher. I mean, I'm not mm. far removed from... Understanding that things take t- things take time
0: mm-hmm.
2: and that you have to, you know, um, you know, you have to have the time and the space to learn things. And there are some things that take more time than other things. Yep. Um, but, you know, take take a dash home on the weekend. Yeah. Take it out of the damn box and play with it. Absolutely. You know, play with it with your kids. Mm-hmm. Let your kids play with it and let them show you how to use it. There's nothing stopping anyone from doing that.
0: No doubt. I, I, I think it's, again, you really hit the head on the nail. It's trying it. You know, we, we had figure out Friday, yesterday, kids just gravitated toward things. They tried things. They tried to put the, the launcher on, on Dash. They must have tried that 30 times and eventually got it, and it was the biggest rule. Right. I, I think that's, that's what has to that's be. It. See what it is? It's time and space to try this. So when we're on a day like this where teachers are gathering on a Saturday, mm-hmm. taking their time in a maker space, this is what it's for. This is what we need to do. Yeah. Listen, thank you for being a champion for teachers, for learners, for students. You rock. Thanks, Laura. See you.